0: Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Yale Health Guests. I'm Mike Goulet, Manager of Allied Health at Yale Health, and your host. Joining me today is Elisa Sherbin, MPH, Registered Dietitian, and Certified Diabetes Educator and Nutritionist at Yale Health to talk about combating common digestive issues. Welcome, Elisa. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. What are some common digestive issues that we face that that really aren't related to a medical diagnosis?
1: So some common digestive issues that I see frequently are um, people suffering from gas, bloating, stomach pains, frequent diarrhea, or constipation, and they may not have any specific medical issue that these are caused by.
0: And how many people suffer with these types of issues? Well, apparently,
1: digestive issues affect around 60 to 70 million Americans. And what I found out that was shocking is that people experiencing these chronic symptoms often ignore their discomfort and wait an average of four years before bringing it up to their health care providers. And let's face it, it's not very pleasant talking about these symptoms with anyone, but they can really negatively
0: impact your life. It's, certainly, certainly. Now, how can one improve their digestion and gut health? We hear a lot about probiotics and a variety of different things these days.
1: Yeah. So I just wanted to start with a few of the basics. Um, The key to digestive health is really creating the right balance of good bacteria. Your gut is actually occupied by 100 trillion bacteria, which is amazing. (laughs) It's 10 times greater than the number of human cells in your body. Wow. Um, So healthy one way to describe it is healthy gut bacteria act like quarterbacks in your intestinal tract. They call the shots in controlling the environment. So they work by helping your body digest and absorb nutrients, make vitamins, fight against intruders that can make you sick. Um, so, you know, they play a really important role in your body. And there's certain things you can do to create the right balance of good bacteria. And they'd be what? So first of all, including foods with probiotics. A lot of people have heard that term probiotics out, and not everybody's so sure of what the right form is for them. Some people take supplements, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of variety with supplements out there. But what you might want to do is just start with getting them from real foods. So... If you choose cultured foods, such as yogurt, and there's also a product called kefir, um, which is it's like a yogurt-based drink, and they have um, live active cultures in these products, and they can really help um, boost the amount of good bacteria in your gut. There's also fermented foods that have become more popular too. Um, some names for these are, are brine sauerkraut or brine pickles, Kimchi is another one, miso, tempeh, and sourdough bread. Um, so, those are some sort of alternative sources that you can add as well. But sometimes a probiotic supplement um, is a good choice. And maybe you want to check in with a healthcare provider to specifically decide on which one would be a good fit for you. Um, there's another thing to think about. So, a word that's similar to probiotics is called prebiotics. And basically prebiotics are foods that are high in fiber and that they nourish the good bacteria that live in your gut. So some choices that are food sources are asparagus, beets, oatmeal, legumes like lentils and chickpeas, um, fruits like nectarines, peaches, watermelon, prunes, dates, figs. Um, also, nuts like cashews and pistachios are good choices. Um, so these are all good sources, and they help um, the bacteria um, stay healthy so that you can keep that balance. Um, so, you know, those are a couple mm-hmm. of ideas.
0: Now, you've told us what's good for our gut bacteria. What's not good for it? So there's
1: there's definitely plenty of things that are not so good for us. Um, when we eat a lot of processed foods, uh, we tend to have – they tend to have um, an impact on your gut. So they, they might increase inflammation. Um, so try to steer clear of foods that come in a box. And I know this can be hard, but if you, when you go shopping, stick with shopping on the perimeter. That's where more of the unprocessed foods are, are like produce, dairy, and lean meats. Um, and try to avoid the inner aisles where more of the processed foods are. One other thing you can do is to really work on cutting down your sugar intake. Sugar is everywhere these days, and it can be really challenging to figure out which foods to consume that doesn't have added sugars. Um, But you can look at the labels and just look at the amount of sugar in what you're eating. And keep in mind that for every four grams of sugar on the label, that's like adding another teaspoon of sugar to your food.
0: Now, you've given us good advice for what's good for our, our gut, what's bad for our gut. But when we're not eating at home and when we're out, do you have any tips for the restaurant?
1: So eating out can be challenging because you don't always know what's added to the food. But keep in mind, you are the customer customer when you are eating out. And you can always ask questions about what's added to the food or what's in the food. Ask ask your server a little bit more about what you're going to order. And you can also ask for things to be done a little simpler. When things are, you know, steamed or baked or broiled, They're generally cooked in a healthier way with less added ingredients. So think simple as much as possible and whole foods as much as possible.
0: Thank you, Elisa, for this important and helpful information.
1: Thanks, Mike.